0: نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري وييسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي ربنا زدنا علما بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم كتاب الجمعة the book of جمعة is it جمعة or جمعة or جمعة جمعة hmm? Okay, with a damma and the meme and also Jum'a. Meme can also have a sukun, but not Jum'a. Okay. Okay. So Kitāb al-Jum'ah, the book of Jum'ah. Why is there an entire book dedicated to Friday? Okay, because Friday is important. It's a special day. What makes it special? What is it that we do on Friday? Why does this bab come? Why does this Kitāb come after Sirr Salah? After the description of prayer. Okay, jama'ah. Salatul Jumu'ah. Okay? Because if you look at the order of the books in Sahih Bukhari, after the ahkam concerning wudu, tayammum, ghusl, haid, then came chapters concerning the prayer. Okay? Because after wudu comes, what? Prayer. Right? So after the basic prayer, which is the fard salah, Then the special prayers And amongst the special prayers What is most important? Jumu'ah So this book is about The ahkam concerning Salatul Jumu'ah The commands concerning The Friday prayer So the first and foremost thing That a person must know With respect to Salatul Jumu'ah Is Baab farḍil Jumu'ah The obligation of Jumu'ah prayer Meaning its obligatory nature The fact that it is fard. لِقَوْلِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Due to the statement of Allah, the Exalted, إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِن يَوْمِ الْجُمُعَةِ فَاسْعَوْ إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا الْبَيْعِ ذَالِكُمْ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ That when the prayer is called on the day of Jumu'ah, then hasten to the remembrance of Allah and leave your business. That is better for you if you only knew. So how is it that Imam Bukhari is deriving the obligation of jumu'ah from this ayah? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَسْعَوْا إِلَى ذِكْرِ Then rush to the remembrance of Allah. What does the remembrance of Allah mean? The khutbah. okay? Because in that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembered. And obviously the khutbah is followed by the salah. So, فَسْعَوْا This is amr, it's a command. So, فَسْعَوْا فَمْضُوْا So, rush meaning? Go on, meaning walk towards, go towards the Friday prayer. Remember that the Sahih of Mambukhari Bukhari is a book of hadith as well as a book of fiqh. Hmm? And this is the reason why the ahadith are placed under chapter headings to prove certain points. And this is the reason why in addition to hadith, ayat are also used to prove something. So over here, Mambukhari Bukhari is using an ayah from the Qur'an to prove the obligatory nature of of the Friday prayer. This is why, when we are studying the Sahih of Imam Bukhari, it is necessary that we don't just focus on the ahadith but we also focus on the fiqh. A person must also intend to learn fiqh from the study. Now, what's the evidence? Fas'aw ila dhikrillah. it literally means to run. Sari is to run, meaning to walk fast, to go quickly. Does it mean that people should leave whatever they're doing and run to the masjid? And run to catch the prayer? Huh? Because isn't it that from other texts we learned that a person should not run to the prayer? Rather he should walk with you know, waqar and you know, gentleness. Why? So, what does it mean by fasu over here? Fas'aw over here means that quickly leave what you're doing. Okay? Quickly leave it and walk normally, to the prayer. Walk with calmness to the prayer. But sometimes we do the exact opposite. We take our time, hmm, wrapping up what we're doing, we will take a long time to get ready, take a long time to eat, take a long time getting out of the house, and then when we actually are going to the masjid, then we're driving in a rush. So rush should be not in going to the masjid, but in everything that is being done before going to the masjid. And this is a very important rule in life. That whatever is important should be given time and priority. So, fas'au إِلَى ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَذَرُوا الْبَيْرِ And leave the bayr. What does bayr mean? Business, buying and selling. Which means that if that has to be stopped, meaning if you're in the middle of the marketplace, just closing, you know, wrapping up a transaction, even that, leave it. ذَرُوا Leave it, abandon it. And go to the Friday prayer. So this means that if that has to be stopped, then everything else also has to be stopped. lakum. This is better for you. What is better for you? Your سَعِيد to the, you know, in wrapping up and leaving the trade and going to the masjid, that is better for you than what remaining busy in what you are engaged in. حدثنا أبو قال أخبرنا شعيب قال حدثنا أبو الزناد أن عبد الرحمن بن هرمزل أعرج مولى ربيعة بن الحارث حدثه أنه سمع أبا هريرة رضي الله عنه أنه سمع رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول: The Prophet said, نحن we are al-akhirun. the last ones, yet we are the first ones when يوم القيامة on the day of judgment the, In spite of the fact that أَنَّهُمْ Indeed they أُوتوا الْكِتَابِ They were given the book من قبلنا Before us ثُمَّ هَذَا Then this يَوْمُهُمْ Their day أَلَّذِي فُرِضَ That which was made mandatory on them فَاخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ But they differed in it فَهَدَانَ اللَّهُ So Allah guided us فَالنَّاسُ لَنَا Fihi تَبَعَ So all people are Our followers in this. Yahudu gadan The Jews, the next day. nasara, And the Christians, the day after. What does it mean by this hadith? Nahnul akhirun We are the last ones, meaning the last ones in time. We as in the Ummah of Muhammad In time, we are the last ones, meaning the last Ummah. Which means that there will be no Ummah after the Ummah of Muhammad sallam until the Day of Judgment. So every person... Who is a believer who will come until the day of judgment? He is part of which ummah? Of the Prophet. ﷺ. Why? Because there will be no Prophet after him. And when Isa ﷺ will come, he will also be a follower of who? Muhammad. ﷺ. Hmm? So, Al-Akhirun, the last ones. Yet we are As-Sabiqoon. meaning the first ones. When? In the hereafter, Yawm al-Qiyamah. So, first in every step when it comes to the day of judgment. So for example, first to be judged. First to cross the Sirat also. And first to enter Jannah also. Bayda, bayda means غَيْرَ Meaning, despite the fact that. Even though, in spite of the fact that Annahum, They, meaning the previous nations, أُوتُوا Kitab, They were given the book Min قبلنا, before us. The Jews, the Christians, they were given the scripture when? With us? After us? No, before us. But still, we will be the first ones in the hereafter. Thumma then the Prophet said that هَذَا يَوْمُهُمْ This was their day. Which was their day? The day of Friday. The day of Friday was the day that Allah Furida Which was made mandatory on them. Made mandatory on them in what sense? Meaning it was made mandatory on them that they should do its ta'lim. That they should give importance to this day They should honor this day How? By dedicating it to the worship And remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So they were told to worship Allah on the same day The day of Friday However, what did they do? fihi. But they differed in it They argued with their messenger concerning it What was the difference? They said, no, no We don't want to make Friday special We want Saturday No, no, we want Sunday you understand, so فيه, they differed in it, and this is mentioned in Surah An-Nahl, ayah 124, also, that That the Sabbath was made difficult on who? Those people who differed concerning it, I meaning concerning its appointment. They were told worship Allah on Friday, but they said, No, no, we don't want Friday. They differed, so they chose Saturday. When they chose Saturday for themselves, what happened? Ju'ila it was meaning it was made difficult for them with very, very strict commandments and restrictions that made life very difficult for them. That they could not do any kind of worldly work. So, إِنَّمَا جُعِلَ So, They differed concerning it. And when they differed concerning it, what happened? They were deprived of it. They were punished with its deprivation. When they said, no, no, we don't want Friday, what happened? They were not allowed to make Friday special. So what happened? The Jews, they were told that they have to make Saturday, the Sabbath. Hmm? And the Christians, they later differed. So what happened? They made Sunday as a day off worship for themselves. They were deprived of Friday. They were deprived of Friday. And what happened? فَهَدَانَ Allahu, Allah guided us. Guided us, meaning to accept Allah's decree. You accept the command of the messenger. Because this is also Allah's hidayah. That a command is given and a person is, he accepts it, he takes it as is. فَهَدَانَ Allah, Allah guided us. And this is the reason why the Muslims, they hold which day is special? The day of Friday. And when we accept it, then what happened? All the people, they are taba tabar meaning? followers. Meaning they come after us now. How? The Jews, their day of worship is the next day, meaning Saturday, which comes after Friday. Nasara Ghad, And the Christians come the day after, meaning after Saturday, meaning Sunday. So Friday comes first, always. Saturday and Sunday will always follow. So what does this hadith show to us? The obligation of worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Friday. Which words prove that? Thumma furida This was the day that was made obligatory on them. They rejected it, they differed, but Allah fahadana Allah, he guided us. So, the day of Friday is a special day. On it, what is necessary? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala must be worshiped. And when a person avoids it, when a person argues concerning it, then what happens? He is deprived of it. And when he is deprived of it, is that a loss to his imam? Of course. So much so that if a person leaves a Friday prayer, hmm, for no reason, three weeks in a row, then what happens? What happens? Hypocrisy is stamped on his heart. Nifaq is stamped on him. So the matter of Friday should not be taken lightly. Bab Fadlil Ghusl Yom the virtue, the reward, the excellence of Ghusl, taking a bath. When? On the day of Friday. Wahel ala Sabi and is it mandatory on the child? What is mandatory on the child? Shuhudu. What does shuhud mean? To attend, attendance of yawm al-Jum'ah, the day of Friday. Au ala Nisa, or upon the women. Meaning the obligatory nature of Friday is clear. Hmm. But does this obligation apply to children and women also? Or is it something that is obligatory for men only? This is a question. And also, one more thing, Fadl الغسل The importance, the reward, the excellence of taking a bath on Friday. حدثنا Abdullah الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا an عن نافع عن عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدُكُمُ الْجُمُعَةَ فَلْيَغْتَسِلُ إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدُكُمُ That when one of you comes to الجمعة, Friday. Meaning when one of you reaches the day of Friday. فَلْيَغْتَسِلُ Then he must take a bath. Then he should take a bath. Hmm? Meaning when the day of Friday comes and a person is going for al-Jum'ah Then the bath of Friday is compulsory. Now, from this text, it seems that it's compulsory for who? Everybody, men, women, children, everyone. However, other ahadiths, they show that it's obligatory for who? Men. And children and women are exempted. Meaning it's not obligatory on them. However, if a woman is going for the Friday prayer, and she's taking a child along with her, then what is best? That everybody takes a sabbath. Hmm? And remember that boys especially, once they hit puberty... Once prayer becomes mandatory on them, then attending the Friday prayer is necessary for them. This is something that they do not have an option about. They have to attend the Friday prayer. So if they do not have a habit of going for the Friday prayer from an early age, or if they do not have a habit of taking a bath every Friday, then when it will become fard on them, it will be too difficult. Hmm? So even though it is not fard, remember that it is mustahab. It is preferred. For who? For women and children to take a bath on Friday also. Also this hadith, الجمعة, When one of you comes to Jumu'ah When one of you comes to Jumu'ah, what does it mean? That when one of you is going for the Friday prayer. And this is the reason why some of the ulama, they say that the ghusl for Friday prayer should be taken. It is better that it is taken right before the Jumu'ah prayer. One is that a person takes a bath in the morning as a habit. okay, And that's the only time that they have. However, if one day they are home, they happen to be home, and they're going out of the house just for the Friday prayer, and they go right at the time of the Friday prayer, then what is best? They take their bath at that time. Just like for salah. You do wudu for salah. So likewise, you take ghusl for the Friday prayer. However, this does not mean that a person cannot take a bath early during the day. No, he can do that also. حدثنا عبد الله بن محمد بن اسماء قال اخبرنا جويريه عن مالك عن الزهري عن سالم بن عبد الله عن ابن عمر رضي الله عنهما ان عمر بن الخطاب very interesting hadith عمر ابن الخطاب رضي الله عنه بينما بينما means while once once upon a time so while huwa he was standing fil Khutbati in the khutbah meaning he was giving the khutbah when yawm al on the day of Friday. So, Friday everybody is at the masjid. Who's the khatib? Umar radhiyallahu anhu. What's going on? The khutbah is going on. So he has started the khutbah. What happened? Is dakhala rajulun, when a man entered. Min al-muhajirin, and he was from the muhajirin, the first ones. Meaning one of those people who was of the first ones to embrace Islam and they also did hijrah first. The first hijrah. Which hijrah is this? Hijrah to Abyssinia. Okay. So one of those people, min ashabi nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam, from the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he entered. Is دخل. He entered. He came in. So when did he come? When the khutbah was going on. Umar radiallahu anhu is giving the khutbah. Fanadahu Umar. Umar radiallahu anhu called out to him during the khutbah and he said, أيَّةُ ساعةٍ Which hour is this? Meaning, what kind of a time is this? Is this the right time for coming to Jumrah Is this when you're supposed to come? Where were you before? How come you are late? قالَ that Sahabi he replied Inni indeed I شُغِلْتُ I was occupied فَلَمَ أَنْقَلِبْ إلَى أَهْلِي so I did not return to my family, hatta until سَمِعْتُ التَّأْذِينَ I heard the adhan. Meaning I was busy with something. As soon as I got home, I heard the adhan. Falam azit. So I did not increase an except that tawadda'tu. I just did wudu. Meaning I did not delay at all. As soon as I heard the adhan, I just performed wudu and I came right away. I wasn't delaying on purpose, deliberately. I was busy with something. By the time I got home, the adhan was pronounced. And as soon as I heard the adhan, I did not delay at all. I just performed the bare minimum, which is wudu, and I came right away. Meaning I'm not that late. فَقَالَ عُمَرَضِي لَهُ عَنْهُ وَالْوُّوءُ أيضًا And wudu also, meaning only wudu. I mean first you come late. And secondly, you're coming just with wudu. وَقَدْ عَلِمْتَ And while you know that أن رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ كَانَ يَ you know that the Prophet would command with ghusl, meaning he would tell people to do ghusl when they had to come for the Friday prayer. Now, which companion was this? It is said that this was Uthman radiallahu anhu. Because he was of al Muhajir, Muhajireen, as well as al Awwaleen. He was someone who migrated to Abyssinia. And he was min Ashabi Nabi sallallahu And. Umar he was very strict with him. As you can see, he stopped the khutbah and in front of everybody he is reprimanding him. Why? Because Umar had to set a precedent that this is not acceptable. Especially a person like Usman no. It cannot be that you come late, you take the matter of Jumu'ah lightly. Huh? And he was very strict with Usman. But on the other hand, we see that Usman it wasn't that he delayed deliberately. What was the reason that he gave? Shuriltu. I was busy with something, and it can also be understood as that he was so busy that he forgot. And obviously, at that time there were no watches, okay, no clocks. So a person really, you know, it's quite possible that you lost track of time, right, easily. And remember that as human beings, we are bound to err. We are bound to forget, no matter how knowledgeable, no matter how righteous. A person is, there will be those times when they will fall back. Because after all, who are they? Human being. But it doesn't mean that just because they have fallen back once or twice, they're allowed to fall back again and again. Those who are with them must hold them responsible and remind them so that they're motivated to keep striving hard and not take matters that easy for themselves. I mean, there's no hesitation over here. Yes, Umar رضي was Umar رضي but at the same time he knew that Uthman رضي was someone from whom even angels were shy. Huh? But still when he had to remind him of what was right of the way of the Prophet صلى Umar did not hold back. And this is a very important lesson because every person needs reminders. Even if they may be apparently more knowledgeable than you, apparently more righteous than you, Allah knows really what their true status of knowledge and righteousness is. But when we see the error of a human being as a Muslim brother or sister, what is our responsibility? To do nasiha. Right? To wish well and to honestly you know, want the best for them and correct them in the best way. And especially when you know that they are in a position when they will be followed by others. Because Uthman he became the next khalifa correct? After Umar alayhulloh, who was the khalifa? Uthman. So obviously his level of you know commitment and everything had to be at a different level. One more thing we see here is that Uthman alayhulloh, he said, "I only did wudu and I came immediately." He was honest. He clarified his position, which shows that Uthman alayhulloh came right at the beginning of the khutbah. Because how much time is there between the adhan and the? Khutbah. I mean, not much time. And that time is just enough to do wudu. So you can say like Umar had just started the khutbah. He didn't come, Uthman didn't come halfway through or after half the khutbah was over or right before the salah. No, he was just a few seconds late. But still, Umar did not accept that. He did not tolerate that. Secondly, we see over here that Uthman he came with wudu. He did not perform the ghusl is it that he didn't know ghusl was necessary he knew and um, said and you come with wudu whereas you know the prophet ﷺ used to command ghusl so what do we learn from this that ghusl is mandatory it is necessary because there are many many ahadith which prove its obligation but at the same time if a person is not able to perform ghusl due to a genuine reason then his Jum'ah will still be valid. Okay? And what is a genuine reason? One is that, of course, he doesn't find water. He doesn't have water. And the other is that if he starts doing Ghusl, then he will miss the Jum'ah, He will miss the Khutbah. He will miss Salatul Jum'ah. And remember that it's not just Salatul Jum'ah that a person is required to catch. It's even the Khutbah. Because Uthman al could have taken a quick Ghusl and perhaps he could have missed the Khutbah but caught the Salah. But in the ayah, what do we learn? ila ذِكْرِ It's necessary to attend the khutbah. It's necessary to attend the khutbah also. Not that a person is waiting outside, and then as soon as the khutbah is over, they go in. No. jum'ah is with the khutbah. Alright? So if you feel that you're going to miss the khutbah because of the ghusl, then what does a person do? He leaves the ghusl, he just performs wudu. And then he goes for the prayer. Meaning, wudu will suffice. Because the ghusl is being done for jumu'ah. Correct? Why is ghusl being done? What's the purpose? What's the goal? The goal is jumu'ah. So, the jumu'ah should not be missed because of the ghusl. Ghusl is a means, right? What's the goal? What's the objective? Jumu'ah. That jumu'ah should not be compromised on because of the ghusl. Okay? Okay. Obviously this ghusl is not for Janaba So the prayer can be performed with wudu Salah will be valid But at the same time The matter of ghusl on Friday Should not be taken lightly Lightly that a person A man especially He says, oh it's okay I couldn't really take a bath So what? No This is something that is necessary If for a genuine reason A person was not able to perform Then Salah will still be valid Jumu'ah will be valid In a hadith which is Hassan Reported by Abu Dawud we learned that the Prophet ﷺ said, if any one of you performs ablution on Friday, that is also okay. But if you take a bath, then that is better. فهو أفضل. فهو أفضل. So remember that with wudu, salah will be valid. But ghusl, that is better. Clear? Anything you'd like to add? Subhanallah, it's the attitude of Usman as well that he didn't say that who are you to ask me and right in front of everybody. He just gave his excuse and he was very polite with him. Yes, That's also a thing yes. to ponder upon. Yes, Because if we do it right here, somebody he would just leave immediately. Yes, And see how they understood each other that first of all they were able to correct one another and at the same time you see this friendship in them Umar suggested himself that from among these people choose a Khalifa. And all those people was who? Uthman. He did not hold a grudge. Oh, Uthman was you know late. So that's why I'm not going to give him any leadership, any authority. I'm not going to pass this on to him. No. He recognized that at the same time he had some khayr. What happens is that we take everything personally. Personally. That if They corrected me in this matter Then they have a problem with me Whereas the fact is that They don't have a problem with you They have a problem with what you have done At this time you know, In this situation And that is what they want you to correct and improve on So when our friends Our co-workers Our elders Those who are in a higher position than ours In any capacity When they correct us in any way Don't take it personally Don't mind don't hold it as a grudge. Move on. Realize why they corrected you. For your own good. For your own improvement. alaikum. I was thinking because Uthman, he will be khalifa and he will be example for others. That's why Umar, he's teaching him and teaching others. And if I can correct Uthman, you, I will correct everyone too. Subhanallah. Like Uthman, yes. he will be example. Okay. So he telling them, Like that everybody is being given a message that if Uthman is being corrected, that means everybody also needs to check themselves. Nobody is exempt from this. For them, their uh, priority was, you know, the pleasure of Allah. And, you know, following the command that he's rushing to please Allah, you know, so that he's on time. So that's why he didn't do it. And Umar, he's correcting him so that he can, you know, get a higher level. And obviously, I mean, they're both striving for the same reason. Exactly. This is what awasau bil haqqi. تَوَاسِي right? bilḥaq. This is what it is. Encouraging one another to the truth. That is done with إِخْلَاسٌ نِيَّةٌ With nasiḥah, And it should be accepted like that also. And when somebody is correcting us, don't mind. And here we also need to understand and remember that people are not perfect. You know, when we see someone who perhaps has more knowledge than us, we put them at such a pedestal that we expect perfection from them. And if we see them lacking in one aspect, what happens? They fall in our eyes. And we say, well, this person? No way, you don't know them. I know them. I've spent time with them. I know how they talk and how they behave and how they think. You know what? They're a human being like you. And this is amazing that the prophets of Allah were such that the closer people got to them, the more they appreciated them. Hmm? Because their level of ihsan and everything, it, it showed even more. But other people, they are such that the more you get closer to them, the more faults you can see in them. Hmm? So realize that people are people and they make mistakes. Sometimes, because of our laziness, the bathroom is inside the inner room. But because of our laziness, we cannot go to take the shower, just open the tap and thing. But think about the people. They have to warm the f- water. Mm-hmm. They have to go from one corner to other corner. Go collect the water. water. You know how difficult but it still is we are eat. pretending, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so cold, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we have to recognize this blessing is yes. coming from Allah. Yes, family. I remember we used to go to this place, Mari, It's close to Islamabad where I grew up. It's a place in mountains. And it's very cold over there. In the summer, we would go, and basically, in the washrooms, there was no water, okay at that time in that house, especially where we would go, you would have to go to the spring and collect the water from there and bring it and That is the water that people would drink, and that is the water that people would cook with and take their bath with and everything and I remember sometimes that spring, you know where the water would be coming out from would be full you know a lot of water would be there, especially when there had been rain early in the summer, you know, as the snow and the glaciers, everything, it's melting. But sometimes there would be no water. Like literally it would be trickling. So you'd have to wait for so long to collect the water. We would just go for the fun of it to see how it is. But it's amazing. And then walking from there all the way to the house, I mean, up and down, up and down the hills and narrow walkways, long walks. It's exhausting. And then carrying all that water, but still, taking a bath on Friday is mandatory, you know, for men. And when, alhamdulillah, we have this blessing of water available to us, then why not? حَدَّثَنَا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بْنُ يُسْفِ قَالَ أَخْبَرَنَا عَنْ صَفْوَانَ بْنِ سُلَيْمٍ عَنْ عَطَاءِ بْنِ يَسَارٍ عَنْ أَبِي سَعِيدٍ الْخُدْرِيِّ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أن رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم قال غسل يوم الجمعة Taking a bath on Friday is mandatory. على kulli muhtalim on every muhtalim. Who is muhtalim? One who has reached the age of puberty. Now, this hadith clearly states the obligation of ghusl. From the previous hadith and from other hadith, we see that it is obligatory. However, if a person is not able to perform ghusl, why? Due to lack of time or no water available, then obviously. His salah, his Jumar will be valid with wudu also Wudu will suffice And this hadith, it clearly shows that It's wajib on muhtalim Which means that Ghusl is not wajib on Friday On who? On ghair muhtalim Now who is ghair muhtalim? A child Clear? Now muhtalim, basically it's from ihtilam And ihtilam is to have a wet dream hmm? Meaning to have a dream of sexual nature. So, ihtilam is basically a sign of puberty amongst two, For who? Men. Now, remember that for a woman, what is a sign of puberty? Hayd. Okay? And when she has reached the age of puberty, she's called ha'idah or ha'id. Right? Muhtalim is a term that is used for men, it's not used for women. Alright? Also, remember that for a woman, if it was obligatory to perform ghusl on Friday, then that means that it would be obligatory for her to perform that salah also. But we know that women would go to the masjid, but every single woman would not go. And at the same time, there would also be women who were menstruating. Okay, So remember, for men, those who have reached the age of puberty, boys, for them, taking a bath is obligatory. Unless not possible, you know the reasons why. For children, is it mandatory? No. For women, is it mandatory? No. However, is it better? Yes. In which case? When they're going for Jumu'ah. Okay, when they're going for Salatul Jumu'ah, then definitely, it's highly recommended that they take a bath. lil Jumu'ati al-tib fragrance, meaning wearing perfume on the day of Friday. Why? Because it's a special day. When you have to take a bath, that means you also have to get ready, and one of the basic things of getting ready is applying nice fragrance on your body. حدثنا علي قال حدثنا حرمي بن عمارة قال حدثنا شعبة عن أبي بكر بن المنكدر قال حدثني عمرو بن سليم الأنصاري قال أشهد على أبي سعيد قال أشهد على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال الغسل يوم الجمعة واجب على كل محتل Taking a bath on the day of Friday is mandatory on every muhtalim. Wa'an and that يستنى, that he should clean his teeth. Sin is what? Sinan teeth. So وَأَنْ يستنى, that he should clean the teeth. وأن طِيبًا and that he should also touch طِيب in wajada if he finds. Touch meaning even a touch of perfume, even a touch of this Fragrant oil or something like that is Enough, good enough In wajada, if he finds it Meaning it's not obligatory to apply perfume But if a person has it Then it's highly recommended قَالَ عَمْرٌ أَمَّ الْغُسْلُ فَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّهُ وَاجِبُ عَمْرُ said as for ghusl I bear witness that it is wajib وَأَمَّا الْإِسْتِنَانُ وَالطِّيبُ As for cleaning the teeth and the fragrance فَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ أَوَاجِبٌ هُوَ أَمْلَأَ. Allah knows best if it's wajib or not he said but this is in the hadith this is how it is in the hadith what that all these three have been mentioned something about the narrator is their name so anyway from this hadith what do we learn the importance of applying perfume also if it's available? To a person Think about it When a bath has to be taken And if a person has fragrance Then that should be applied What does that show? Jumu'ah is a special day What makes it special? This ibadah Hmm? Remember that Jumu'ah It gathers in it The ibadah of badan As well as ibadah of You can say mal, Meaning Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala By using one's wealth So but then it's understood that you go, you listen to the khutbah, you perform the salah. But through mal, how are you worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That you are using that water to take a bath. You're wearing good clothes, fine clothes. And you're also applying perfume. And perfume can be quite expensive. It can be quite expensive. right? And there is also the saying that there's no israf when it comes to fragrance. No matter how expensive it is, it is not israf. You know that? It is not extravagance So if you're buying a bottle of perfume Which is less than 100 ml And costs around 100 dollars Would that be Israf? Would that be Israf? No It's worth it Fragrance Of course, it's everyone's choice Taste is different right? Some people they prefer Atur And others they smell Atur And they don't like it so whatever it is, everyone has different you know, taste and choice. So remember that fragrance is, it can be expensive. Hmm? However, because Friday is a special day, one must take a bath and he must also get ready. Yes, and for people who are at work, I mean, some people get paid by the hour. They could be missing an entire hour and a half. That means losing some money, closing shop. And that also means perhaps losing customers. So you're sacrificing something in the way of Allah, your wealth, your money, and that is also ibadah. You see, jumu'ah, what does it mean? Jummer to gather. So this day gathers, it collects, ibadah of mal, ibadah of badan. Hmm? حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف قال أخبرنا مَالِكَ عن سمي مولى أبي بكر بن عبد الرحمن عن أبي صالح السمان عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من اغْتَسَلَ يوم whoever takes a bath on the day of Friday غسل الجنابه the غسل of ثم then he leaves early he goes early meaning Early part of the day. So it is as though قَرَّبَ he, قَرَّبَ he sacrificed, a camel. What does it mean by It قَرَّبَ? قَرَّبَ قربانا to offer a sacrifice. It's from قرب. You sacrifice something for the sake of Allah. Why? In order to go, in order to attain closeness to Allah سبحانه و ta'ala. So the one who takes a bath on Friday, which bath? the bath of Janaba, meaning in order to come out from the state of Janaba. And then he goes early to the masjid. It is as though he has sacrificed a camel. Imagine how expensive that is. Huh? And whoever goes, whoever travels, meaning to the masjid, in the second hour. فَكَأَنَّمَا بقرة Then it is as though he has sacrificed a cow. وَمَنْ رَاحَ فِي السَّاعَةِ الثَّالِثَةَ And whoever goes in the third hour, فَكَأَنَّمَا قَرَّبَ Kabshan, أَقْرًا Then it is as though he has sacrificed a kabsh. Kabsh meaning a ram. And aqran meaning with quran, meaning with horns. So a horned ram. وَمَنْ رَاحَ فِي السَّاعَةِ الرَّابِعَةَ And whoever goes in the fourth hour, فَكَأَنَّمَا قَرَّبَ دَجَاجًا Then it is as though he sacrificed a chicken, a hen. وَمَنْ رَاحَ فِي السَّاعَةِ الخامسة, And whoever goes in the fifth hour بيضة, Then it is as though he offered an egg. فَإِذَا خَرَجَ الْإِمَامُ Then when the imam comes out. Why? In order to give the khutbah. الْمَلَائِكَةُ Then the angels attend. يَسْتَمِعُونَ الذِّكْرَ In order to listen to the dhikr. Look at how eager the angels are. that They wrap up their registers and they go in order to listen to the Who? The khatib, the imam Now in this hadith there are a number of things First of all, what Imam Bukhari is proving over here The fadl of Jumur. How excellent this day is That the earlier a person goes The more reward he can accumulate And how much reward? Equal to sacrificing a camel A little later than that, a cow A little later than that, a horned ram A little later than that, a hen Later than that, at least an egg And if a person does not go at all Or goes late Then he has only deprived himself This is the fadl of jumur Alright Now one thing that is mentioned over here That whoever takes a bath On the day of Friday Ghusl al-janaba What does it mean by this? The ghusl of janaba There are two meanings First is that A ghusl like the ghusl of janaba like the ghusl of janaba. What is the ghusl of janaba? When a person is in the state of sexual impurity, meaning a man has ejaculated or a man and wife have been intimate, then what is necessary? A bath is necessary. And that bath requires that from head to toe, the entire body is washed. Hmm? And the way the Prophet would perform the ghusl janaba was what? That first, that he would perform wudu? And then also pour water on his head as well as his entire body. So what it means by ghusl al-janabah is a complete ghusl in which the entire body, the head, the scalp is washed, nose and mouth are thoroughly cleaned. Okay? So, من yawm يوم الجمعة ghusl al-janabah means ghuslan ka ghusl al-janabah. A bath like that of janabah. And others have said, the second meaning is that in this is an indication of the encouragement to take an actual ghusl of janabah on Friday. And that obviously is when there is a cause for that, which is sexual intimacy. And the wisdom they say behind this is that when a man has been intimate, then obviously his soul will be satisfied and more calm. And that will help him focus better in the salah because happier, he will be satisfied. So this will... Make him feel happy through the day. And focus on ibadah. Another wisdom they say is that Friday is Jumu'ah. It's a day of congregation. It's a day of gathering. Men come, women come. Hmm? And when there is a crowd, then naturally the eyes wander. Hmm? But if a man is satisfied with his wife, and a wife is satisfied with her husband, they are content with one another, then obviously in that big crowd also, their eyes will not wander they will be content. So you understand what it means by ghusl al-janaba over here? Okay. Now, remember that the day of Friday is called Jumu'ah. Why? Like I told you, because in it is Jamar. People gather. From hadith we learn that on it, Adam was created. His creation was assembled in it. Hmm? Likewise, in this worldly life, the people assembled during it. For what purpose? Okay. For collective worship. And on this day, what will happen? The Day of Judgment will also occur. Which means that another great assembly will take place. Hmm? So the day of Friday is a day of assembly. A day of gathering. Another virtue of Jumu'ah, Fadlil Jumu'ah, which is not mentioned over here, but we learn from another hadith, is that the Prophet ﷺ said, the best day that the sun has risen upon is Friday. The best day of the week is which day? Friday. From another hadith we learned that it's also a day of Eid. Because once Eid was on Friday, and the Prophet ﷺ said that two Eids have come upon us. Another hadith tells us that no Muslim dies on the day of Friday, nor the night of Friday, except that Allah will protect him from the punishment of the grave. If a person dies during the day of Friday or the night of Friday, the night of Friday is when? Hmm? after Maghrib of Thursday until Fajr time that is the night of Friday because the night precedes the day so if a person dies during the night of Friday or the day of Friday then what will happen? he will be saved from the punishment of the grave this is the importance of Friday we are home from school a Friday was a holiday we were always told to have a bath and wear nice clothes on that day she said today is Eid day she always told us that today is Eid day you have to wear new clothes on this day so we always dressed up on Friday we all put uh, surma in our eyes we all prayed together like all my mother and all of us like, we were so many girls in the house all prayed together it was such a nice feeling and my father would always bring people from the masjid for lunch yes. so our house was full 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 on a Friday Alhamdulillah and Friday should be made special and it should be made special for the entire family And children should be made to feel that Friday is special I remember I was very young, very little And um, we went to visit our grandparents And my cousins who used to live in the same city Friday my grandfather returned from the masjid And all the children just you know gathered around him Why? Because Friday they received money from him Every child got money Not a huge amount, just enough to buy you know a treat for yourself But every Friday, every single child received money. So special treats, reserve them for Friday. Like for example, in our house, my children, they love lollipops. Okay, But I tell them it's a Friday treat. Lollipop will be on Friday. So first of all, it helps us control how much candy they're eating. And secondly, they wait for Friday and they know when it is Friday. That would wear it on Friday And the other thing is uh, You feel special anyway Because you get a routine change From you know all the six weeks of It's a special and a new day You're happier Exactly Baab Exactly. Yes. lil-jumu'ati al Oil Meaning applying oil For the Friday prayer Before going to the masjid So one we learned taking a bath The second thing is Applying perfume And now applying oil also now, this oil is applied on the body, meaning on the skin, as well as the hair. Okay? We limit oil to just the hair. But remember that before, oil was used as a moisturizer for the skin, as a styling agent for the hair, and also a glowing or shimmering agent for the skin. Okay? You know, like uh, people use uh, shimmering lotions or Like a bronzer or something like that to make the skin shine and glow. So, oil was used for the same purpose. Okay, because it does leave the skin shining. Okay, so, meaning a person should do some zina on the day of Friday. حدثنا ادم قال حدثنا ابن ابي ذئب عن سعيد المقبري قال اخبرني ابي عن ابن ودية عن سلمان الفارسي قال قال نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يغتسل رجل يوم الْجُمْعَةِ no man takes a bath on friday ويتطهر and he cleans مستطع, whatever he is able to من طهرن, of cleaning meaning he cleans himself as much as he is able وَيَدَّهِنُ مِنْ دُهْنِهِ And he applies oil from the oil that he has. أَوْ مِنْ طِيْبِ بيته Or he puts a touch of the fragrance from his house. طِيب بَيْتِهِ The fragrance which is present in his house. ثُمَّ يَخْرُجُ Then he goes out. فَلَا يُفَرِّقُ Meaning he goes out to the masjid and when he gets there, he does not separate between two people. Meaning he doesn't go and sit between two people separating them from one another. ثُمَّ يصلي ما كتب له And then he performs what is obligatory on him, meaning the Friday prayer. ثُمَّ يُنْصِتُ إِذَا تَكَلَّمَ الْإِمَامُ Then he remains silent when the imam is speaking, Except that it is all forgiven for him. What is forgiven for him? مَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْجُمُعَةِ الْأُخْرَى What is between then and the previous jumu'ah. Meaning all the sins between that Friday and the previous will be forgiven. So one week's sins will be forgiven. Now there are a number of things over here. First of all, يَغْتَسِلُ غُسُلُ Taking غُسُل on Friday. Secondly, in addition to غُسُل, يَتَطَهَرُ He cleans himself also. What does it mean by this, cleans himself? This is مُبَالَغَة فِي that Really trying your best to clean your body. So for example, trimming the nails, getting rid of unwanted hair, Doing something extra to clean the body, you know. For example, through the week, a person doesn't bother to clean their feet, for instance. But on Friday, when you're taking a bath, you know, give your feet an extra scrub, you know, under, on the nails, between the toes, whatever necessary. Do some extra cleaning also, right? يتطهرو مستطاع من طهرن ويدهين من دهنه. What does this refer to? Applying oil and then fragrance. This is an indication to zina. That a person should also you know, Adorn themselves for this prayer Meaning when they have to pray When they are going for the prayer And when a person will do this And especially if you notice من بيته, The fragrance of his house What does it mean by this? From other narrations we learn The fragrance of his wife huh? When is it that a person Will have to borrow fragrance From their spouse When they don't have it At all Meaning a person doesn't have it himself So he has to borrow it from his wife He has to take some from her Obviously some fragrances are such that They're okay They're suitable for both men and women Some fragrances are only for women And some fragrances are only for men But many are neutral Hmm? So if he has to take fragrance from his wife He may also do that Obviously with her permission And remember that women's fragrance at that time was such that because you see fragrance is carried by something. Right? So at that time it was carried by an oil, extract. Okay? It had some liquid form. So if you wanted to apply it, you had to put it on your skin directly. We learned that the Prophet he would apply it on his head. Aisha would apply fragrance oil on the head of the Prophet ﷺ. Hmm? And The women, the fragrance that they would use, they would apply on their skin, was such that it would leave a color also. Okay, It would leave a color on the skin. And it was light. Meaning the fragrance was light, but the color was strong. And this is something that was discouraged for the men. That you're walking with, you know, for example, color on your cheeks, or color on your neck, or color on your head. Because this is like what? Makeup. And who does that? Women do it. Huh? So, but over here we see the importance of applying fragrance. That even if it's light fragrance and it will leave a color, still, at least there should be a must, a small touch. Okay, don't apply it all over the face. And don't apply it all over the head. And don't apply it all over the skin. But just a touch. So that at least there is a little bit of fragrance when people will meet you. When you will sit next to someone. Oh ya يَخْرُجُ then when he goes to the Masjid, what is the etiquette that don't sit between two people separating them unless there is a significant gap between the two, and you know you sit over there in order to fill the gap that is acceptable, and that is recommended that when you see a gap, you should fill it instead of sitting at the back, but don't come in between two people and move them away from each other and sit in the middle of them why. Why? Because sometimes people go with their friend, you know, with their brother, with their mother. Why? So that they will sit with them. And you're coming and sitting in the middle, separating two friends, separating two brothers. That's not fair. That's not fair. And this shows to us that it's completely fine to prefer to sit with an individual, okay, in a gathering even in the masjid to pray with a friend to pray next to you know a sister of yours there is no harm in that you understand why is there no harm in this why is there no harm in this tell me okay you feel more comfortable standing next to a person that you know as opposed to someone that you don't know okay because you're sitting next to them, you are spending time with them. Uh, it's a reason, it's an excuse for you to be together. You have spent the entire week away from your sister and you say, okay, we'll meet at this masjid for Jumu'ah." You don't get much time to talk, but at least you're sitting next to each other. Huh? It's a source of comfort because it's a day of gathering, right? You got ready, you went to the masjid. So you want to be with those whom you love. You want to be with them. And also sometimes when you're praying next to a person whom you know, you know how they pray, they pray correctly, you know that when they're standing next to you, they will not keep moving their foot away. Rather, they will form the rope properly, and you can focus better in the prayer. Okay? So there's nothing wrong in deliberately standing next to a particular person in the prayer. There's nothing wrong with that. It's good to know, because sometimes you wonder, am I doing something wrong. Is it okay? Am I being an extremist in this regard? There's no harm. But sometimes it's also okay to pray on your own in the sense that praying next to people whom you don't know because it's also good to interact with other people. One more thing in this hadith, Yusalli مَا كُتِبَ لَهُ He goes and prays what is wajib on him. What is wajib on the day of Friday? Which prayer is wajib? The Friday prayer. So over here, Makuti Balahu is referring to the Fard, which is the actual Salatul Jum'ah, and this shows that there is no prayer before the Friday prayer, unless obviously a person is coming and performing the two Rak'ah of the Masjid, the Hiyatul Masjid, or the two Rak'ah of Wudu. But there is no Sunnah before the Fard of Jum'ah. So there is no Sunnah ratibah before Salatul Jum'ah. Okay, there is. Naful okay, like the al Masjid. But after the al Masjid you don't have to perform any sunnah. Rather you pray what is lahu and what is that? The two rak'ah with the Imam. Inshallah we'll discuss more when we will study the other abwab. Okay. Also remember that ma lahu when a person gets to the masjid, what is prescribed on him? al masjid. Right? Because that should be done before sitting down to listen to the khutbah. Which means that even when the khutbah has begun, then a person will pray the two rakah. Right? Or if a person gets to the masjid at a time when the sun is at its zenith, which is a time when technically you should not be praying. But can you pray Tahiyatul Masjid? Yes, you can. Okay? Why? Because it comes under the category of ma kutibalahu. Clear? Okay. Then the end of the hadith says, إِلَّا ma Whoever will do this, then what will happen? His sins will be forgiven. Which sins? Between then and the other jumu'ah. Meaning the previous jumu'ah. So the sins of one entire week will be forgiven. Another hadith tells us, which is in Muslim, that wal الخمس والجمعة إلى الجمعة lima لما بينهن five daily prayers and one Friday prayer to the next Friday prayer are all expiations for the sins committed in the intervals between them. So every time a person goes for Friday prayer, each time he goes for Friday prayer, then what will happen? If he goes for two in a row, then the sins that were committed in between will be forgiven. You understand? Two Jumu'ah in a row. If you go once a month, that's a different thing. Jumu'ah ila Jumu'ah the previous hadith, we left that out Bab حدثنا أبو نعيم قال حدثنا شيبان عن يحيا عن أبي سلامة عن أبي هريرة أن عمر رضي الله عنه بينما هو يخطب يوم once عمر رضي الله when he was giving the khutbah on the day of Friday when a man entered فقال عمر so عمر said لم تحتبسون عن الصلاة why are you or what is it that you were kept away Because of what is it that you kept away from the prayer Lima, for what reason You were kept away From the prayer Meaning what kept you away from the prayer How come you're so late So the man said It was just that It was nothing except that I heard the adhan And I performed wudu And I came so he said أَلَمْ تَسْمَعُ النَّبِيَّ صلى الله عليه وسلم قال, Have you not heard the Prophet say That when one of you goes to the masjid Meaning for Jumu'ah prayer Then he should take a bath Meaning why did you not perform your bath? Why did you just come with wudu' This hadith we learned earlier also And it's emphasizing the same thing Which is the obligation of ghusl on Friday But obviously the exception is there in the situation where a person is not able to do that due to a shortage of time or unavailability of water. حَدَّثْنَا بُلْيَمَانِ قَالَ أَخْبَرُنَا شُعِيْبٌ عَنِ الزُّهْرِيِّ قَالَ طَوُوسِ قُلْتُ لِبْنِ عَبَّاسِ طَووس said, I said to Ibn Abbas رضي الله عنه ذَكَرُوا أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ مَقَالَ The people have mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ said اغتَسِلُوا يَوْمَ الْجُم Take a bath on the day of Friday. رؤوسكم, and wash your heads. جنوبا, even if you are not junub. Meaning, don't just wash your body, but take a complete bath, including your head. الطيب, and also apply some fragrance. Asibu literally means make to reach, meaning apply. الطيب, from the tib, meaning some fragrance. قال ابن عباس ابن أما الغسل فنعم as for ghusl, of course meaning that is mandatory وأما الطيب فلا أدري but as for fragrance I don't know meaning I don't know if it's obligatory حدثنا إبراهيم بن موسى قال أخبرنا هشام أن ابن جُرَيْجٍ أخبرهم قال أخبرني إبراهيم بن ميسرة عن طاووس عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما أنه ذكر قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم في الغسل that he mentioned the statement of the Prophet about ghusl, taking a bath on the day of Friday. So he said that I said to Ibn Abbas, Should a person also apply طيب or duhnan or oil, fragrance or oil, in cana in the ahli, if there is some in his household, with his family, meaning with his wife? So he said, I don't know that. Meaning, I don't know if it's fard. Look at the care that the Sahaba took when they spoke about what was fard and what was not. Imagine Ibn Abbas he is saying, I do not know. I do not know if it's fard or not. Because he did not know. Because ghusl, there were so many instances, so many statements that clarified that it was mandatory. But fragrance, perhaps there were less. And this is why Ibn Abbas was not sure if it was obligatory or not. But the fact that there was a possibility that it could be mandatory. What does it show? That it's definitely good. It's definitely mustahab. Clear? Ghusl is fard. But fragrance, what is that? Mustahab. It's better. Bab يلبس أحسن ما yajidu. He should wear the best that he finds. Meaning he should put on those clothes which are? The best of which he owns. So, one of the best clothes. Okay. Haddathana Abdullah ibn Yusuf قال أخبرنا Malik عن نافعن عن Abdullah ibn Umar, أن Umar ibn Khattabi ra'a hullata siyara. Very interesting hadith. Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, he saw a hullah, a cloak, that was sirah. Siyara meaning it was of hadith, it was made of silk. So, a robe of silk, he saw. In the near Bab masjid the door of the masjid, meaning somebody was selling it over there, outside the masjid, not inside the masjid, because inside the masjid it's not allowed to buy and sell, but outside the masjid, is it allowed? Yes. And obviously because Friday or the masjid, I mean people are constantly going back and forth, if the shops are right outside or close by, it only makes it easy for the people. right? It saves their time. So he saw a silk robe being sold outside the masjid. فقال, so he said, Ya رَسُولَ الله, O Messenger of Allah, لَوِشْتَرَيْتَ hadi If only you bought this. Meaning, why don't you buy this? فَلَبِسْتَهَا Then you can wear it يَوْمَ Jumara On the day of Friday. Wafdi And also for the delegations. إِذَا قَدِمُوا عَلَيْكُ When they come to you. Meaning these foreign delegates when they come to visit you and speak to you. These important people. Obviously, many of them were non-Muslim, but when they would come to visit the Prophet ﷺ, Umar said, why don't you buy this silk robe and then you can wear it on special occasions. What were the special occasions near him? Friday and important meetings. فَقَالَ رَسُولَ الله الله وسلم, So the Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّمَا يَلْبَسُ هَذِهِ Indeed, only he wears this مَنْ خَلَاقَ له في الأخرة. The one who will not have any share in the hereafter. Meaning only such a man will wear silk in this dunya who will not have any share in the akhirah. Because you know that silk is forbidden for men. For women, it's not forbidden. It's permissible. But for men, it is not permissible. So if a man wears silk now, then he will be deprived of it in the hereafter. Summa ja'at Rasulullah sallallahu اللَّهُ wa sallam. Then it came to the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam, minha from it hulal, cloaks. Meaning from silk, you know, silk cloaks were brought to the Prophet. Meaning a whole lot of silk robes, cloaks were brought to him. Fa'atah. So the Prophet gave Umar Al Khattab. He gave a silk robe to Umar Abdullah. Minha from it, Hulatan, Ihullah, a cloak. Faqala Um. So Umar Adulla Arnhu said, Ya Rasulallah, O Messenger of Allah, kasawtaniha you're making me wear this? وَقَدْ قلتا While you said فِي حُلَّةِ عُطارد About the hullah of utarit, the cloak of utarit, a certain type of حُلَّةِ cloak. مَا قلتا What you said, meaning you said what you said about that cloak, that if a person wears it today, he will not wear it in the akhirah in the قَالَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمْ He replied that إِنِّي لَمْ أَكْسُكَهَا لِتَلْبَسَهَا I'm not giving this to you so that you wear it. فَكَسَاهَا Umar بْنُ الْخَطَّابِ رضي الله, عنه. So عمر رَضِي اللَّهُ عَنْهُ He gave it to أَخَلَّهُ A brother of his In Makkah Who was mushrikan Who was still a mushrik So the Prophet said to him yeah, I gave it to you But not so that you wear it You can do whatever you want with it Give it to somebody else But don't wear it But I gave it to you Because it's something of value You can sell it You can gift it Okay now, there are a number of things that we learn from this hadith. First of all, the fact that a person should wear of his best clothes on Friday. Because Umar said you could wear this silk robe, this really nice, beautiful robe on Friday. Which shows that the Sahaba were of the understanding that Friday is a special day, a day when you wear nice clothes. Because it's a day of Eid. Right? And Allahu your Yuhibu Jamal. Allah loves beauty and He loves it when His servants adorn themselves Obviously, with humility. And the most befitting day of really dressing up is which day? The day of Eid. Okay? And we get a weekly Eid, which is Friday. Now, of course, when a woman is going out of the house, she knows that she has to cover the zina. Okay? This doesn't mean that a woman is dressing up in the best way, like she goes to a wedding and this is how she goes to the masjid, walking through the men's side. No. She has to cover up that zina. But, even in the hijab that she's wearing or the abaya that she's wearing or the shoes that she's wearing, she could wear something that is a bit nicer than her regular wear. And this is obviously for when? When she is going for the prayer. If she's not going for the prayer, she's not even praying, and she happens to go to that same place, then she doesn't really have to dress up. You understand? Because the best clothes are for what? For the prayer. But let's say a woman goes to the masjid because she has a class over there. Hmm? but she's not praying so again does she have to wear a really nice hijab and arbaya? a special one Huh? well she might worry that they might get dirty hmm? that this is for salah only and I want this to be clean as much as possible so I'm not going to wear it this Friday because I'm not praying, is there something wrong with that? nothing wrong with that, it's perfectly fine because the best clothes are for the best act and what is the best act? Worship. So if the salah is not being performed, person does not need to wear. Yeah. The whole adornment and the everything, the taking of the and then the even everything is for the salah, the congregation. And if we are staying home, but we still have to pray Zuhr prayer, so we don't have to follow all the these things for Jummah only. No, you don't have to. You don't have to because it is for Salatul Jumu'ah, and Salatul Jumu'ah is not performed at home. What is performed at home is what? Zuhur. Salat al-Zuhur. Salat al-Jum'ah is in the masjid because fas'u ila ذِكْرِ which is with the khutbah. Okay? However, if you are in a habit of making Friday special, okay, and you want the whole family to have that feeling, then of course, there's no harm. You're praying at home. You have to be in the good, cleaner Yeah, and that's clothes, for every prayer for anyway. Jam. Of course, that's for every prayer, not just the Zuhur prayer on Friday. Okay, Many people they get confused with this Either they think that every Zuhur prayer on Friday is Jumor, Whether you pray at home or you pray in the masjid Or they think the other way So even when women come to the masjid to perform Salatul Jumor, They will perform four sunnah And then they will wonder why the imam prayed only two And they will perform four more rakah later Asking that isn't this supposed to be Zuhur Salat No, Zuhur is different from Jumor. You understand Jumor is an obligation on men which they must perform in a congregation. And if a man misses Jumu'ah for a genuine reason, like for example, he's traveling, he's sick, then what will he perform? Al-zuhur. And if a woman does not go for Jumu'ah prayers, then what will she perform? Al-zuhur. Okay. In this hadith, we also see that silk is haram for men. Is it haram for women? No. Another question, which is that Ramadullah um, who gave something haram to his brother as a gift. His brother was a Mushrik. So does this mean that we can buy a bottle of alcohol for a friend who's a non Muslim and gift it to them? Or treat them to a dinner somewhere and they order pork? Okay, so not buying alcohol but like somebody gifts you alcohol, just like Salam so, so got a gift of silk, so you got a gift of alcohol. That, I'll call that you was gifted to you. Can you give it to a mushrik brother? Okay, so this is a question. Can you do that or no? Remember that it is permissible to give gifts to non-Muslims. Because first of all, this is also a matter of confusion amongst people. Can we give a gift to a non-Muslim? What if they are a relative? What if they are a neighbor? What if they are a co-worker? Can we give them a gift? Yes. Especially when they are close in relationship. Hmm? The closer they are, the more they deserve. And when a person gets something haram, okay, so for example, somebody gives you a gift, okay, and it is something that is haram for you, it's not lawful for you, then you have to dispose of it. You cannot keep it. Because if you will keep it, then you will end up using it, right? So if something haram is in your possession, you have to dispose of it. Okay. Now there's two kinds of haram things. First of all, those things which are haram fi nafsihi, fi thatihi. Meaning, in and of themselves, they are impermissible. There is no way that they can become permissible. For example, alcohol. Can it ever be halal for any individual? No. Okay. Likewise, pork, for instance, an idol. Okay? To be worshipped, an idol, it is haram. Right? I mean, you should not keep that. So, in this situation, what should be done? It should be gotten rid of. When it's haram, fi ذاته, في It has to be gotten rid of. And you're not wasting money over there. So, for example, bottles of alcohol are being distributed and you're like, oh, it's so valuable. This is quite expensive. How can you waste it? No, the sahaba, when alcohol was made haram, what did they do? They threw it. Right. So when you're throwing it When you're getting rid of it Remember you're not wasting money Then the other things which are haram Are haram why? Because of the way they were acquired Or because in your situation They're not permissible So for example Silk in itself is not haram But for a person who is a man It is haram You understand? He can buy it, he can sell it, he can have a business of silk clothes, but he cannot wear it. You understand? He can give it to his wife, and he can also give it to a non-Muslim as a gift. He can. There is no harm in that. Hmm? Likewise, something could have been acquired in a haram way. So for example, money that has been received as riba. You understand? Like for example, you deposit your money in a bank, And you don't expect, you had no idea that it's going to collect interest. And after two months, when you see your bank statement, you see there is an addition. And you go and find out, they're like, oh, this is a bonus that we're giving you. You're getting interest because you have deposited this much money. You're like, no, I don't want it. They're like, no, you have to have it. You say, I'm going to switch my bank account to another bank. They say, okay, okay, don't leave. We won't give you this interest anymore. Okay, they agree. But uh, there are situations where to have a particular kind of a bank account, there's no option. There's no option. You know, this threat really works. If you don't stop giving me interest, I'm going to switch to the such and such bank. They don't want you to go. So they listen to you. But in some situations, they say that we don't have an option. We don't have an option. Let me give you an example. Over here, for instance, if you want to have a US dollar bank account. Hmm? Living in Canada, you have a US dollar bank account. You don't have any control over that. The bank doesn't have any control over that. It will accumulate interest. Hmm? US dollar bank account, not Canadian So in this situation, what do you do? On the one hand, you can't even do without that bank Because of your work or your situation You're constantly going there You have work there You have family there You have to have that bank account, for instance You don't have an option And at the same time, there's interest coming also Now that money is haram Money in itself is not haram But those two cents those 5 cents And literally it's just 2 cents 5 cents, 50 cents, 1 dollar, one That is haram Now what do you do with that? Do you throw it? No you don't throw it It's not haram fee Nafsi It's haram in the way that it was Acquired So this is When you dispose of it In a way that is appropriate Like what? Like giving it to somebody else Giving it to who? So for example, the silk robe, Umar didn't give it to a Muslim man, he gave it to a non-Muslim. Likewise, we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ, he was invited somewhere to eat. So he went to eat, the meat was served to him. The first bite in his mouth, he kept just chewing and chewing, he wouldn't swallow it. He felt uncomfortable, he didn't want to swallow it. So he asked, where has this meat come from? And the lady who had prepared it, she said that I sent so-and-so to buy you know, an animal, but I didn't hear back. And I sent word to my neighbor, uh, but again I didn't hear back. So I just got the animal, had it slaughtered, and I meant to speak to my neighbor after. But basically what had happened was that the animal was slaughtered without the permission of the owner. So the Prophet said, feed it to the prisoners. The prisoners were non muslim so he said feed it to them meaning don't throw it don't throw this food but don't give it to us because it's not halal for a Muslim to eat such food that has not been taken lawfully but it's food so don't throw it but rather give it to the people who don't mind about halal and haram who don't follow the rules of halal and haram so a non-Muslim so for instance the prisoners clear? so let me ask you some questions to see if you have understood or not if somebody gives you chocolates with alcohol what are you going to do with those dispose of them Okay. you're not going to give them to your neighbors why because it has alcohol which is haram in itself it's haram Okay. somebody gives your husband a tie which is made of 100% pure silk throw it, no don't throw it Muslim worker. Okay, give it to a non-Muslim co-worker It's a really expensive tie So he can give it to his boss For example Although some scholars say That wearing a silk tie is permissible Because your entire clothes are not silk It's just a part of it You understand? It's not a libas It's not like a shirt It's not like a pant What is it? Just a, a tie which you're not really covering your body with, you're just decorating your body with. But still, it's safer to avoid such things. Hmm? Okay. Somebody brings you some food that they've bought from haram money. What are you going to do with that food? Huh? Give it away to who? Non-Muslims. Huh? Don't eat it yourself. Abu Bakr <inaudible> once his slave brought him food. When Abu Bakr who ate it, he said, you know where I got this from? He was so excited. He said, how? He said, you know, in the time of Jahiliyyah, I told someone about their future. You know, I did Kahana. Okay? Suit so, saying like the fortune tellers do. Okay. So I did something. I said something like this to someone. Whereas I know nothing about fortune telling, but I did it. And that man was so happy with me. Now he met me after so many years and he gave me the price for it. So, you know, lucky me. It was just guesswork and I got all this money. Abu Bakr put his finger in his mouth and took everything out. He didn't keep that haram food inside his body. Even though when the hand changes, the ruling changes. Meaning, this person acquired it through haram, that's their problem. When they're giving it to you, you're receiving it as a gift. So for you, technically it's lawful. But obviously the Sahaba were even more careful and it's better for us to be more careful also that when you know that the source, original source of something is not lawful, then don't take it. Don't keep it, rather get rid of it. Now, one more thing about riba money. What to do with that? Put it in a garbage bag and throw it? Huh? There's two options. One is that you give it to someone who has to pay riba money. You understand? They're stuck in that. They're trying to get out of it. They took a riba loan in ignorance. Now they're trying to get out of it. They have $500 of riba in addition to the loan that they have to pay. So you give them your $100 that you've taken as riba so that they can give that as riba. khabith for khabith Another option is that use that money to do something that's not really that nice or dignified. Like for example, building of roads or Making of the washrooms and things like that. Okay, go ahead. I just have a question regarding the the same thing, like the haram not in itself, like uh, burgers. Now, the people, like Muslims, working at the chains like McDonald's or Burger King, and actually they are not selling the halal food. It's burgers that are haram. We cannot eat them. But somebody who was working there and then his father asked to leave it because he said, You are working haram. Is it like that? You see, you're not selling it In the sense that You're not going to make 100% profit by selling it You didn't buy that burger that you're selling it You're working for someone Okay? Now remember that There is no job today that you will find Which is 100% halal Is there? You could argue about everything That it's unlawful You know, for example, even if you work Let's say for an IT company they could be making websites or ads which are not necessarily 100% halal ok, likewise you could be working for a company which is mostly halal but let's say they're like a phone company, now phone, TV what do people watch on TV Huh? you could argue internet, what do people do through internet, you could argue that everything is haram so you have to see is that is it mostly halal Mostly halal in the sense that the nature of the work, the nature of the work, is it mostly halal? So, for example, you know, a restaurant, the nature of the work of giving food, selling food, okay? And yes, there are haram options, but there are also many halal options. The more halal it is, the better it is, okay? So, for riba money, can you give it as charity? If a person gives it as charity, there will be no reward for it. Why? Because in a hadith we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tayyib and he accepts only that which is tayyib. For sadaqah the purest earning should be given. The most halal earning should be given. But what if you don't know how to dispose of it yourself? Then what can you do? Many Islamic centers, they accept interest money in the sense that if you label it, you say this is interest money and you just put it in the box, they'll deal with it. They'll deal with it. How that, for example, in the construction of the washrooms, for instance, they can use it, or disposing of the garbage, I mean, you know garbage pickup, that costs money right, I mean, this one bin that you see outside, every week you know, payment has to be made is this something for which a person's halal and hard-earned money should be given for, I mean, think about it somebody's been working halal, pure money Okay, they give, and that's go, gone for garbage disposal. I mean, yes, it's also necessary. It's part of running the entire place. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward. But obviously, if it's halal money, then it should be put in the best way possible so that it brings most reward. I mean, think about it. What would you rather do? A $50 donation that you give, would you rather that it's used for garbage disposal or would you rather that it's used for electricity? What would you prefer? Electricity, because people are sitting, there are reading everything they would read in this light. Inshallah, you'll get ajah for it. Correct? So, if you have interest money like that, you can always give it to a masjid, label it so that they can uh, use it in the correct way. Clear? So, is this matter clear? So, next time you'll receive chocolates with alcohol. Don't come asking me. <laughs> Go ahead. So, next time, get rid of it. Because... When you know that that gelatin is from pork, okay, then it is haram. But if it's from an animal, like for example sheep, cow, then you can give it to them. Why? Because sheep in itself is not haram. It was the way that it was slaughtered because of which it became haram for you. So, for example, you want to buy your friend a gift and you want to go buy some jewelry. You see a necklace of a cross and you know that she is a Christian and she's a very devout Christian. Can you buy a cross for her? No, you cannot. You cannot. What if you move into a house and the people before who used to live there, they left a big idol? So you're like, um, somebody will value it. Let me just take it to the, you know, to the temple and they'll use it. Can you do that? No. No. That is something that is haram fi nafsihi. So always check. Is it haram fi nafsihi? Or is it haram in the manner that it was acquired? Or in your situation? Okay? سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ilaha لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته